0: Let's open our Bibles to uh, John chapter twenty-one. <clears throat> Believe it or not, this is the last study. Three years. Three years. Three years I was going to look it up, but I figured you could tell me. Three years today. Wow. Today. Whoa. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? We started this this uh, Gospel of John. I, I've just loved it. It's just been incredible. Uh, so, but last week we, we looked at, you know, Jesus dealing with Peter, you know, in this time of restoration and giving Peter these marching orders, what he called Peter to do. Peter had denied, you know, this three times and then the Lord restored him and gave him a call or marching orders three times as well. And, and, and the Lord knows just what he's doing, so he always works these things out. But the amazing thing is that He can and that He does restore us, and that He does use us, no matter you know, how you know, what happens in our lives, because we're all going to let Him down at one point or another, but, but yet He's there willing and, and ready to restore us and to put us back into His uh, service. It is a matter of the heart, ultimately. Jesus asks Him, uh, what did He ask Him? Anybody Remember? do you love me? So it's a matter of the heart, ultimately, do you love me? And, and that's kind of the, how it all came together. Do you love me more than anything else? And that's a, that's a big question, but that's, that's what it is. Jesus, we saw, he came right down to Peter's level. He knew exactly where Peter was, and, and, he, and he told him this. He said, follow me. Follow me. He's going to say it again here in, in the end of this uh, section, this chapter that we're looking at here, but... But there was a cost involved, and and Peter would be martyred for his faith and for following after Jesus. But 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 Peter made this decision: I'm going to follow you. I am going to follow you. I, I, you know, we we we're going to sing it later. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Let me ask you a question now as we move on here. Anybody ever ask you questions that you don't really want to answer? And, and you know what you want to say to them, and maybe some of you do say to them, "It's none of your business." I could make some some uh, current application to that, where people you know want, or ask us questions that is really none of your business. Don't ask me; the qu- it's none of your business. Most of us aren't quite as rude as that to just say it that way. Some of us are. Well, maybe it's not rude; it's just bold. I looked this up, though. This is the way I say it to my grandkids. None of your beeswax. That kind of softens it up a little bit, right? But this is, the Wiktionary tells us, this is a a riposte, which is kind of like an answer back, a touche, if you will, to badgering questioning, expressing a refusal to answer and an insistence that the questioner cease prying any further you say what does that have to do with John chapter 21 it's none of your business yeah thanks Bruce I'll tell you Peter asks Jesus a question and basically this is what Jesus says to him basically this is exactly what he says to him it's really none of your business Say, Jesus could say that to somebody? Yes, he, he could, and, and he does, and he says it to you and I all the time. That's none of your business. This is your business. See, Jesus had restored Peter, and he told him exactly what he wanted him to do, you know, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. He told him exactly what he wanted him to do, and he said, follow me. And now this is what happens. Look at Verse 20, John 21, verse 20. Peter turned and he saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? The first mistake here is Peter turning. You see, Jesus said, This is what I want you to do. Follow me. That's the last words in verse 19. Follow me. And Peter turned. He's looking at Jesus, and so he had to turn where? He had to turn away from Jesus to look back behind him to see who was following behind him. That's a bad move. It's interesting, that that word uh, that he turned is the same word that Jesus used when he told Peter earlier in Luke chapter 22, he said, Satan... You know, desires to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Same exact word. And so now, Peter, it says, Jesus said, Follow me, and says, Peter turns. He had turned back, and now he's turning away again. Like, Peter, like, how long does it take for you to kind of start to, you know, do your thing again? You know, we get on track, and then all of a sudden, you know, we're 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 looking back behind us again. We're looking over here when we we're, Lord, I'm gonna follow you, I'm gonna focus in on you and do whatever you say. And then we hear this noise, and we turn over here, we turn back there. Later, Peter would write, and again, Peter, Peter's life was radically changed by Jesus, no question about it. Later he says this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter writes, For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Same word. I think the message for, for you and me is to keep looking forward. Don't look around to see who's there. We'll see what happens here. He looked back and, and who did he see? He saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. John fits that in there one more time following them, and and it's kind of interesting when you think about it, John was following Peter and Jesus, right? And that's a good thing, I think, you know, uh, others will follow our examples, and if we're following Jesus, that's a good example to follow. So, that's good, but each of us still has a calling to follow Jesus for ourselves, Look at verse 21. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Peter turns back, he sees John back there. He should have been following, keeping his eyes on Jesus. He asked, Lord, what about him? Now he he brings the Lord into it. Lord, what about him? What about her? What are you doing with this one or that one and 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 you know we're asking jesus these kinds of questions what about so-and-so peter's you know asking jesus you know he had just been told that he was really going to have a hard time in fact he would be crucified for his following jesus and he and and you know it's like will will john have to go through what i have to go through you said that about me but what about him now, maybe not in this particular case, but sometimes we ask these questions to avoid our own responsibility. Well, you know, what about so-and-so when we, we, we know what we're supposed to do, and we need to just focus in on that and do what we are supposed to do. You see, this looking around and comparing ourselves and, and getting, you know, worked up about other people it doesn't really do any good, does it? When we start to compare ourselves to other people, what does that lead to? envy sometimes, or maybe pride, we're doing better than the other guy, or maybe self-pity. Ultimately, we, we, we get to this place of discontent, ultimately. You know, and, and that's, a, that's not a good place for us to be in, really, I, and I know I, I've, I've done this loads and loads of time, so I, I, I know by experience what this is. What about so-and-so? You look at what someone else is doing, what their call is, what their gifts are, what you know, kind of suffering they have to go through. Maybe it's more than you or less than you. What, what you know, place are they at? What, what, you know, how much money do they make? You know, how good is their church doing in, compared to our church? And, and the list just goes on and on and on. What kind of opportunities? What kind of success? What kind of failure? What good does all that kind of mental wrangling do? It doesn't do any good at all. It just gets, gets us all worked up. And it gets us away from doing what we are supposed to do. What has God called me to do? Paul said in Galatians, each one should test his own actions, and then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. Let's look at our, you know, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Here it is now in verse 22. Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? In other words, that's not your business. That's not your problem. Stay out of it. It's not for you to figure all that out. That's his problem. That's, that's the Lord's business. And, 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 and we see in this a couple of things that are really kind of exciting if you look at it in, in this way. One, he says, if I want him to remain alive, in other words, he's sovereign and he, it's his will and, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And we have to understand, he is the Lord. So we have to trust Him. He's the Lord. He knows what He's doing. Let Him deal with all the other people around us. Sometimes we, we try to get so involved in other people's lives, well, they should do this and they should do that, or why are you not doing this and why are you not doing that? Let's trust the Lord to be the Lord. Amen. He's sovereign. The word. But I, I like this too, what He says, if, he, if I want Him to remain alive until I return, He kind of... Jesus brings that in there too, that he's returning. And I think you, know, you and I have to keep that in mind too. Jesus is coming back. So he's returning. So you and I need to keep our eyes fixed on the prize and, and what we're called to do, that the calling. I, you know, I, I, I stretch forward. I reach for the, for the prize, for the goal. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? And then he says it here, you must follow me. You follow me. That's that's the important thing. You follow me. Pastor Chuck, writing about this, he he said, I'm talking to you about you. He said, you worry about yourself, not others. That's a good lesson, you know. We're always worrying about everybody else. We need to worry about ourselves. As Paul said, you know, examine our own lives to see what I'm doing, what I'm not doing. And what has God called me to do? What does He he want me to do and to be? You know, the truth is it's hard enough enough to worry about our own following Jesus, isn't it? Then to much less worry about, you know, someone else's it's too much. I need to worry about myself. I can't worry about you know, each one of you and, and whether you're following or not. I, I need to follow Jesus, and hopefully it's a good example, and, you can, and you're going to follow Jesus as well. But God knows what He's doing with, your, with you in your life, and He knows what He wants you to do, and He, and he knows how He wants you to follow Him. I believe this, that the call of God is, is very individual, very personal, and it's, we're not all the same. Matthew Henry said, we are so apt to be busy in other men's matters, but negligent in the concern of our own souls. We need to be on track and on point in our own lives. Interestingly enough, John Corson points this out in terms of what was really happening here. You know, Peter had just been told about how he was going to to die, now he turns around and asks, well, what about him? You know, what is he going to have to go through? Kind of thing. Uh, John Corson points this out, that that, that the Apostle John was poisoned in Rome, that he was... uh, Nero, the Emperor Nero put him in boiling oil... He was exiled to an island by himself. He didn't have an easy life in, in any way, shape, or form, but, but still, that was none of Peter's business. You know, Jesus could have said, Well, listen, uh, Peter, since you want to know so badly, let me tell you this is what's going to happen to John this and this and this and this. It's, it was none of his business. But we know that now, kind of after the fact. But it's the Lord's business. You follow me. I don't know know what, what you need to go through in your life to follow Jesus. But I want to encourage you, you follow Jesus. You do what he has called you to do. And I'm going to try my best to do what he has called me to do you see that's just encouraging that doing that we kind of encourage each other but you know getting involved in everybody else's business that's just distracting that's just taking us away from what we're called to do and to be now it doesn't mean that you know every now and then we need to you know you know encourage one another and 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 help each other you know but But ultimately, it's between me and the Lord and what he's called me to do. That's what I'm going to answer for. I'm not going to answer for what you're called to do. You're going to answer for what you're called to do. I'm going to answer for what I am called to do. Does that make sense? You follow me, Jesus said. Verse 23, because of this, Because of what Jesus just said, he says, The rumor spread among the disciples, the brothers, that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? See, Jesus said these words that he only said this, but, but what happened is they, they kind of like added things. And, and we need to be very careful of that. That kind of thing. And, and watch out that we don't add to his words. He only said, I, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is, he, what is that to you? That's all he said. But we kind of you know, make these you know, conclusions and that. We need to follow only what the word of God says, only what, what Jesus said. Moses told the Israelites, don't add to what I command you and don't subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord that your God gave you through Moses. At the end of the book of, of Revelation, John says this, the very last chapter, almost the last verses. He says this I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share. In the tree of life, and in the holy city, which are described in this book. That's a pretty serious thing. We need to be careful. We only listen to what Jesus says, not what other people say. We need to be very careful. And I've seen it, you know, time and time again. Someone says, you know what? God's telling me that you should do this and this and this. Well, that's funny because he never told me that. You know, you hear you, hear, you know, the, the guy goes up to the girl and says, you know, God's telling me that you should marry me. <laughs> oh, really? Because he never told me that? It's kind of like this directive prophecy where we're telling other people what, what they should do. We, and we need to be careful. Someone says, I had this dream that this should happen and that should happen or this vision or this word or that word. We, if it contradicts what the Scripture says... If it adds to what the scripture says or takes away from it, throw it out. Get rid of it. It's just a bad dream. You had, you know, you ate some bad pizza or something. You have dreams all the time, you know. But but to to, to put them on a level of what the word of God says, we have this book. It's 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 been preserved for us. Now, if we don't know what it says, we are kind of like sitting ducks. If we don't know what it says. We're you know we we're. We could be misled. Verse 24, wrapping this thing up, this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. And we know that his testimony is true. Who is that? John the disciple, he was there. He was an eyewitness. And Jesus did. Many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. You can take it to the bank, you know, everything that John gave us was true. But but many other things uh, that Jesus did as well, and he's still doing things today. It wasn't just one miracle; it was countless miracles. He's the infinite God, and 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 Warren Wiersbe Wears, said it's impossible to record his life completely. It's impossible because he's he's the infinite God. But we have what we have here, and if and if you study how the process of how we have this book in front of us, it's absolutely amazing. This. This book that we have that's been you know, put together and, and, and how the Holy Spirit gave us this book and these words. It could have been so much more, but, but how much more do we really need? I mean, you, know, you can read this book you know, from cover to cover and then start again from cover to cover and start again from cover to cover. You will never exhaust the treasures that are found in this book. Never. That's why people say, oh yeah, I read the Bible. (laughs) Really? Well, if you really read the Bible, you would keep reading the Bible because you would see how powerful, how wonderful, how incredible it is and, and how God uses it in our lives. How much more do we need? So... If you've heard his word, if you have trusted in him, and, and, and this is kind of like the final message of this Gospel of John, the, the, the book of the Gospel of John, follow me, he says. Don't look around, don't compare yourselves. Mind your mind own business. You follow me, he says. John Corson said that these were two very different people. John and Peter in mentality and temperament and personality, yet God used them both very differently. You follow me. Forget about everybody else. Love them, of course, but you follow me. Warren Wiersbe said this, I'll close with this. Whenever Jesus finds a believer who's willing to yield to his will, listen to his word, and follow his way, he begins to transform that believer and accomplish remarkable things in that life and through that life. That's what I want. I hope that's what you want too. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I thank you. It's uh, amazing to me that it's three years to the day today that we close this book, The Gospel of John, and and move on to another book. But Father, what a journey it's been about the life of your son Jesus. And, And now we hear him telling us, you follow me. You follow me. Don't worry what Bill or Sue or John or Mary are doing. You follow me. I've got a plan for them, yes, I've got, but I've got a plan for you, and you need to worry about your plan, what I have for you. Father, I pray, I pray that you would reveal that to each one of us, Lord, as we seek your face and as... That Warren we pointed out as we listen to your word, as we f- seek to follow you and surrender to you, that you would do remarkable things in our lives. I've seen it. I know it. We ask you to do more as we yield to you, Lord. just take a moment be quiet before the Lord who's he calling you to be what's the path that he has for you do you know you can ask him Lord I know that you empowered Peter to follow you and he certainly did all the way to that cross where he was crucified for his faith John was given the strength to go through all the things he went through to follow you they tried to kill him but they weren't successful And each one of us, Lord, has a call, I pray you'd give us the strength and the endurance and the stamina, no matter what it is, no matter the cost, that we would follow you. I pray, as always, for any that may need to surrender their lives to you for the first time and say, Jesus, I... I want to follow you. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. You can pray with me right now and, and say, Jesus, I, I want you in my life. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. that I might follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand together and sing that song, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. I love it.